So this is going to be one of those moments where I'm referring you to something else that you might be able to buy. And, um, and those are not moments that I like, but here we go. Uh, I do have a book coming out uh, that is sort of part Lenten devotional and uh, part story about the, the long illness of my father and, and his eventual death and the way that uh, my views and perspective on him changed and also uh, how my views and perspectives on God changed as well. So if that's something you think might interest you, kind of pulling that through a Lenten journey, uh, check out Unless a Grain of Wheat Falls, uh, which is available on Amazon in paperback and also on Kindle and on the Barnes & Noble Nook. Don't work harder than they are part of an occasional series about phrases that this therapist finds himself repeating often. It's a reading from a Medium post, posted February 1st. As a clinician in private practice, one of the phrases that I hear myself saying sometimes is this, don't work harder than they are. Now, this is one of my favorite multi-purpose phrases. There are ways in which it applies to the relationships between parents and children, sometimes with a spouse, and quite often in situations where I have had the privilege to supervise emerging clinicians prior to licensure. In fact, that is where this phrase was first given to me as a student myself at Virginia Commonwealth University. Now, those of us who go into the field of social work can be quite passionate about our work. We want to help, but sometimes that exuberance can look more like inflicting care on others instead of empowering others to help themselves. Here are the questions that arise. When is it right to step over a line and do something for someone that they don't seem to be able to do for themselves? If I know I can get something done quicker, easier, better, then why not? And if they can't do it, then should I? Well, let's go back to the microcosm of our families, and let's take the case of a child and their homework. Sitting at the table, it is just you and that precious little student. We'll imagine second grade for this example. There's not a tremendous amount of homework, but it seems like a lot to your child. They are struggling with it. You see your child's frustration, maybe even anger, or maybe your child leans toward the self-defeating statements of, I'm never going to get this done. Maybe there are tears, even. As a parent, we want to fix. We want to make it better and fast. This is partly for them, but it is also for us. Sitting there with someone who is hurting is hard. Remember, though, this is their work, not yours. The challenge that they are experiencing is theirs, not yours. Your work is as listener, as resource, but not as savior. So as a parent, you take a deep breath, say to yourself, and not them, 
this is not a life-threatening emergency. Maybe you make a statement like, Yes, it is frustrating. See how far you can get with the next one, and I'll be right back. Then you step away. You don't lecture. You don't start talking about how their boss one day isn't going to tolerate them crying about an assignment at work or that you have to do things that you don't like to do. Fewer words are better. Acknowledge the feeling, then let them get to work. Like any of us, your child mostly wants to be heard. What you do not do is you do not do their homework for them. The research is very clear on this point. Remember where we started. Don't work harder than they are. So why this emphasis on tolerating discomfort? If we love our children or care for our clients, why is it not the right thing to help them or to fix the problem? Isn't it better if the difficult experience is simply over? No, just no. And here are some reasons. When you fix it for them, you communicate to them that they are incompetent and unable to do this for themselves. People, even the little ones, have strengths of which they are not always aware. You do not want to send the message to them that they can't or that they are weak. Don't tell them that they can do anything you set your mind to either. Be clear that yes, this is frustrating, but gently encourage them on to the next step. Number two, if we take away the discomfort, there is nothing for them to use to grow. Think of the analogy of weightlifting. If we do not have some resistance, then we cannot build muscle. We all need challenges in order to grow. The trick is for the challenge to actually be challenging, but not overwhelmingly so. Now this is the hardest part about parenting or working with anyone. You do not want the bar to be so high that they cannot reach it, but also not so low that there is no effort. Number three. For us, this is for you and for me, if we begin to work harder than they are, we can get resentful. Just as they have feelings and emotions, you do too. As a clinician, I don't want to be angry at my patients. We should all be clear that we are working together on whatever that presenting problem is. Now, as a parent, this dynamic begins to compound itself as your child becomes more and more dependent on you to get them through the project, the homework, and eventually life. And then you end up angry at someone who is adult age but unprepared for the adult world. And lastly, we want them to be independent. I don't know about you, but I want my children to leave my house eventually. And I truly love working with my patients, children, and adults. There are times when we will work together for years out of necessity if there is a particularly difficult trauma or change that they are working through. But ideally, as clinicians, we are working ourselves out of a job so that those we are working with will eventually 
no longer need us. One of the guidelines I would encourage you to consider then in these ongoing projects of our work and life is don't work harder than they are. Tolerate some discomfort. Acknowledge the emotion, in other words, by saying something along the lines of, yes, this is challenging. And then gently help them move to what is next. And of course, take care of yourself too. As a note of explanation, I am a clinical social worker and I work in a fairly rural area with few clinicians. So if you're a licensed mental health professional like me, it is a place where you can still make a good go of it in private practice. But what that also means is that you will work with a wide variety of people, even more so if you are willing to and competent working with children. For me, I see children, adolescents, and adults with a few older adults and couples thrown in too. It can make for a fun and varied day in the office. If you're listening to this recording and it's helpful, I'm glad, but um, please know that listening to something like this, while it may be educational and helpful, is no substitute for seeing a clinician. So I hope that you're able to find somebody in your area that, uh, that you feel a good alliance with and can be helpful to you. Thank you.